the Q2Q podcast. If you don't know us by now, my name is Becca. My name is Ben. And I'm Shay. And we are here to talk about the latest and greatest in theme park news and dive deep dive into a topic of our choice. But before we get into that, we have to ask the very most important question. Ben, how was your week? My week was not too bad. Uh, it was a little challenging. I ended up injuring my hand a little bit, uh, but I worked through it and oh, no. we're fine now. Yeah, it was it was just like I did something stupid and hurt it. So mm. we're working through that. But the good news is uh, I am signed up to run the uh, half marathon in Disney World in 2022's Marathon Weekend. So that's my... Oh, hell yeah. Getting back on that course. And it's not the full marathon, but honestly, after this long of not doing running of sorts, I wouldn't even want to try it. <laughs> oh, man. I I hope I can make it to cheer you on down there. That'd be awesome. That'd be, that's so fun. <laughs> the Q Marathon. Shay, you up for it? You know what? Sure. Yeah. I've never no, I've I, never done that. Wasn't um, a real I question. I know, but I know you don't actually have to run it. And I know I'm not gonna be running. I'm like, you know, I will be walking briskly, maybe the occasional jog. You know, Ben <laughs> Ben's gonna be up there with all the cool athletes. With all of his friends that are like chugging Gatorade, he's gonna be up there being like, "Come on, minivan, I'm a race you." And you know what? He's gonna win because he's faster than a minivan. It's true. Yeah, That's, he is. That is Whereas what they say about me. Becca and I will be minivan. about two thirds of the way back, arguing over who is going to be riding on whose back for the next segment. But you know what? That's it'll be a sight to guys. see. <laughs> oh yeah. And think yeah, because everybody knows that if you that ride can... on someone else's back, it's less work. Yeah. For both and of that, you. That's, that's a Disney fact. Um, but like imagine if we can record a QDQ episode while on the road. I mean the audio won't be That'd great, be so, but like so fun. We record it onto our phones or something like, hey everyone. This is the Q to Q marathon That's, edition. You know, <laughs> you know, if you listen I mean, to I'm, if you listen to our audio on the ice castles, it doesn't sound that bad. And we were just oh, recording yeah. that on an iPhone. So oh, hey, Q to Q. I mean, I did. Road, who knows? Uh-oh. I did vlog my first uh, marathon. Oh hey, so hey. it is possible. Yeah, you're all set. But yeah, so Becca, how about you? Tell us what's going on. Oh in wow, Becca we land. were just on your week and only your week. <laughs> only my week. Um, I am in Georgia now for the week. Um, when this episode airs, I'll actually be flying home. Um, I have successfully moved myself and Mike into our little apartment. I really like it. It's pretty. It's a pretty nice setup. Pretty open. Um, and tomorrow, which will be Friday, we're planning on doing going to the Center for Puppetry Arts, which is has the host. It hosts the biggest Jim Henson collection in the world. Wow! So I'm very excited to see that. And then we're hoping that the weather will cool down enough for us to go to Six Flags over Georgia. But uh, I don't have my fingers crossed too hard for that because uh, doesn't look like it's going to be good. And if we know anything about me and Six Flags, it's that heat plus ride equals vomit. So um we'll oh, see no. we'll see how that goes yeah so anyway shay how was your week uh it's pretty good um about a week ago i decided to move to orlando so that's gonna happen yay um yeah yeah and uh so that'll be a, a big thing coming up here in about a month um and uh and then over the weekend i was in wyoming actually my dad's side <gasps> of the family is from wyoming and yeah and uh, I spent a lot of my time as a child out there and we had a family reunion and I hadn't been out there for five years. So I was like, I'm going to Wyoming. And it was great. It was really nice. I went I've rock climbing, like real rock climbing. Wyoming. Oh yeah? Real rock well, climbing. It's out there. It's big. It's dry. Yeah, real rock climbing. There's a, there's a canyon um, about a half hour away from where we spend most of our time in Wyoming that is uh, it's called Ten Sleep Canyon and it's one of the like premier rock climbing um destinations on the planet right now 
um, has been for a few years. So yeah, I got to go rock climbing with cool. my cousin because he's a, he's a rock man. And he introduced me, rock boy, to his rock pals. Um, nice. Yeah. Cousin I wonder if he knows the rock. rock Johnson. Did you know that Dwayne yeah, man, Johnson the and the rock are the twins? <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, they look exactly alike. <laughs> of that comes out this weekend doesn't it sure does i got my ticket for uh, tomorrow night jungle actually. cruise oh <laughs> that's gonna yeah. be interesting i gotta go um, see it ooh, it's, i'll have to see i guess it we'll be posting but... a jungle cruise review episode at some point <laughs> a jungle cruise review uh maybe maybe it'll be i'll like give it a one star for not having trader sam get on uh we can do a a, a mini-sode that you can get to on uh, patreon.com slash qq for as little as one dollar anyway that's <laughs> out of the way is anyone drinking this week um not at the moment but take a wild guess what i was drinking about an hour ago does it Ooh. does it um start with an m and rhyme with uh <laughs> i don't i got nothing it's <laughs> got it. good, good <laughs> joke yeah no you're right it does does it rhyme with moonshine? <laughs> Start with yes. M. Yes, I was drinking. What kind was uh, it this week? This week I did a mixture of apple pie and salted caramel in with my cheap third-party Dr. Pepper ripoff. Ah, uh, yes, Dr. Thunder. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, my non-alcoholic beverage of choice this week is uh, Spindrift Sparkling Cider. Ooh. sparkling water sorry not cider um but it's uh it was an unsweetened lemonade and it's made with uh real fruit instead of sugars and things and it's very good and it's very decent for you no fat no sodiums two grams of carbs one grams of sugar it's not bad spindrift used to make a half and half self like sparkling water and i don't think they make it anymore and it was like a really different taste on the half and half, but I really liked it, and I wish they would give it back. Um, yeah, come on, Spindrift. But anyway, give it I'm back. drinking a nice from Pacific Fruit Vineyards from California. It's called Sweet Mango. It's a wine I bought. It was four dollars at Aldi, and I said Ooh. I have to have it. And it is quite a delicious fruit juice. Probably has alcohol in it. Earlier today, when my technician called me to ask a question about how to shut down, I was a little bit tipsy. So. It's doing its job. So, Great. We love that. Yeah. It's in my Elvis Artist of the Century glass. Ooh. Um, I got this from my my late aunt. It has a little guitar on the stem. It's very nice. Aww, it's cute. Um, yeah. So with that, let's jump into into the news. This may be a, a time traveling episode, everybody. Uh, fair warning. If we end up talking about a reference that we made in the beginning half of this episode that didn't exist in this news segment it's because we recorded the actual episode four weeks ago that long ago <laughs> oh my god i it, it could have been ben we're very late on episodes <laughs> we're doing our best so um so in case that happens this episode is the new section segment we originally recorded was an, ahead of the the Luca episode, so this is now going to be on top of that. And maybe someday we'll release that news, but it doesn't actually matter because now it's outdated. So now it's not let's news. Let's get into it. Disneyland and Disney World are requiring masks for all indoor places, regardless of vaccination status, starting as of this episode last Friday, July thirtieth. Thoughts? Yikes. Um, things are bad down there. Uh, I, yeah, I mean things are kind of picking up everywhere again uh i don't know i guess i'm 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 not surprised i'm not surprised i wish i was i think that's where i'm at it's like, i wish i was surprised at this but i'm not if you know if the population doesn't get vaccinated then everybody's going to get sick that's well not everybody but half the population right. that isn't getting vaccinated yeah i need to look at the data before i can really formally comment on it i don't i don't know enough and, about and the new variant it's not just, I mean, as of now for the major brands, it is just Disney and, um, and yeah, just Disney. Um, I think by the time think, this episode airs, some too. others may yeah. follow suit. As of last I checked, Universal hadn't formally commented on it. 
or made I any think, statements about it. I, I just saw, I think they're going to make, um, yeah. Okay, they're encouraging it and they're going to require it for their team members. Okay. Yep. Um, but as as a morale, I will say it's not just these parks that are going back to it. Um, as I've been floating around Athens, pardon me, I've seen a lot of shops saying as of August 1st, they will re- require masks or proof of vaccination, like a lot of independent stores and stuff. Um, and I believe um, when I was just looking at my school for grad school, oh, did I say I was going to grad school on this podcast? <laughs> oh, no, you haven't school? done that yet. Woohoo! Um, yeah. Um, as of that, my school is requiring all students in person to be vaccinated. So um, it's not just these parks. I think a lot of private companies and, and private places are re- requiring a lot of these things. Um, I don't know. You know, um, I, I've heard that the new variant is presenting itself in different sim- symptoms. Um, but I've also seen the data that says the large amount of people who have been uh, diagnosed with COVID are unvaccinated. So who's to say, you know? Yeah, well, that's that's what I've been seeing is that for the most part, for the most part, it's people who are not vaccinated that are being hit by this. Um, and so, I mean, we, we got to put on masks because there are people who choose to not get vaccinated and there are people who can't get vaccinated. And we, we need mm-hmm. to do this to try and keep that second group safe. Correct. That is my opinion as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if it's possible for you to get vaccinated, I encourage you to get vaccinated. Um, if not, and someone requires you to wear a mask, wear your mask and don't put up a fight. That's it. Yeah, you seriously. Know, I feel terrible things. for all the cast members who are going to have to enforce this. Because people right. are we not. Said the first time. We'll keep saying it again. Be nice to cast members. Follow the rules. That's it. You know? Um, Next thing on the news, the Six Flags Fiesta Test Texas is set to debut the world's steepest dive coaster, which is going to be called Dr. Diabolical's Cliffhanger in the summer of 2022. Um, It is is launching this. It's like it said, the steepest dive coaster. Um, it is a, it features that cliffhanger hold, which is the ones where it like puts you up there and holds you there before you plummet. And it suspends you, uh, 90, like right before they face a 95 degree drop, releasing them into a 150 foot dive at 95 degrees, 105, no 50. That's insane. (laughs) Have you seen the pictures? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. (laughs) It looks amazing. <laughs> I I can't wait, personally. It looks like it's going to be a, a great time. Yeah, that looks insane. Okay. Next time I'm out in Texas. It also looks like an original coaster. Oh, yeah? Like, it looks... I mean, it's it's uh, the first of its kind in this... Nine, it's Or it's the steepest one, right? So it had to be at least some era of original. But it just looked looks like a brand new coaster that we've never seen at Six Flags, which is kind of dope because I feel like we see a lot of recycling happening at Six Flags. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? true. So, exciting. Yeah. What's next, Shay? Um, so, Meow Wolf, who I know I've talked about a lot and will continue to talk about because they are amazing. Uh, they have given a rough opening window for uh, their next installation, which is opening in Denver, um, and they posted a picture and just confirmed that it was opening sometime this fall. They have not said when. Um, cool. But uh, it's exciting. Yeah. They haven't released a full story you know, we, we, or anything like that. We know the one in Vegas being it's open. That the story of that is that it's a supermarket, but we don't really don't know what the setting is going to be for Denver. So it'll be uh, interesting to see sort of where they go with that. But there you go. More weird art to look forward to, everyone. Nice. Yeah. I want to go to Denver. art. To, uh, I mean, I was in Denver the other day, um, but uh, I would like to go to Denver to both see this full installation and also see the ride they built at the, the local theme park. Um, 
called a Kaleidoscape. I'm very, I really want to see that thing. Just like Meow Wolf built a dark ride. That'll be fun. Very cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, next on news, Universal's hiring roughly 2,000 team members in preparation for Halloween Horror Nights. This is typical for them around this time to do a huge hiring surge. I know that they first start with local auditions, and I believe all of those local auditions have been completed. Um, most local auditions, as well as their local interviews, um, I believe all of their management positions for Halloween Horror Nights are also filled. Um, and now they're just looking and searching for talent. I know I got, um, I got a audition email recently for searching for dancers and performers and still walkers for HHN. So, um, it's fun. Halloween is going to be here in so, so quick of a time <laughs> before we know it. Um, mm. it's, I can't it's wait wild. for this huge I mean, spooky episode. Think... <sighs> we haven't even thought about it. We got to start thinking about it. Um, gosh. Um, our best quote came from that episode. It's true. It's perfectly safe. <laughs> and unfortunately, my Just... other favorite quote we have never made it on any sort of media. <laughs> oh, do it now. <laughs> no trains for old men. <laughs> oh, oh. It's, it's really sad that it never made it on any media because, Ben, do I quote it all the time? Oh, Absolutely. Yes, you do. <laughs> And it's not even for any real reason. Oh my goodness. I mean, no fun town splash men. Fun town splash down USA. Video coming soon. Um anyway, speaking of more Halloween stuff, Bush Gardens has revealed the new house for Hallow Scream. This house is called Death Water Bayou Blood Moon. And it's a house Ooh. the house will take visitors deep into the bayou where bloodthirsty werewolves roam. Oh, Oh, I didn't know it was going to be werewolves. werewolves. I, I saw the trailer, but I didn't uh, did not realize that. Hmm, icy werewolves. I hope they're like werewolf, yeti, polar bear. No, no, no. there's two. So this one's for Bush Gardens, not for SeaWorld. This one's for Tampa. SeaWorld is the 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 ice one, the beneath the ice. There's two oh. hot springs in Florida. Did you forget Shay? Is it is it Tampa's or is it Williamsburg's? That, this one is because that would make sense. Oh, it is okay. Because I was gonna say that oh, would fit man. in with uh, Verbolton. So how how is how are they allowing that to happen? That's I think it's wild because if SeaWorld is happening, like I know that SeaWorld is supposed is directly trying to draw away from the HHN crowd, especially with their pricing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. it's wild to me that you would draw away from your your hollow scream crowd in tampa like that it's just a little too close i feel like they're going to be competitors with themselves or yeah, if you just maybe see not too much like never too much of a good thing kind of situation of like yeah you have kick-ass haunts in tampa who's known to have this event for years because tampa's had it for forever right um and now SeaWorld's just adding so it's almost like you're getting double the haunt factor between Tampa and SeaWorld. Yeah, I think it's, personally, I think it's smart because they're going to be able to capture people for two nights instead of one, you know? Mm, yeah. So. Right. Um, I think if people are going yeah. down specifically to see Hallow's Green in one place, they're going to go see it in another place too. I think it's a smart plan. Well, I think it's very rare that people specifically will go to Bush Gardens Tampa, like just that on a vacation. And I feel like it's usually that they go to Orlando and then they also diverge to Tampa. Because mm -hmm. mm. it's not too bad of a drive. What It's like an hour and a half to two hours yeah. between Orlando and, and that And that might even be another bad. thing, too, is they're trying to capture that crowd that just doesn't want to drive an hour and a half to Tampa, so they want... So. That's yeah. true. It'll be it'll be fun to look at the numbers. I'm sure they, they'll some happen a little closer. somehow. Yeah, I think no matter what, it's a pretty good idea. Uh, but yeah, um, to talk about the, the icy one, it was it's called Beneath the Ice, and a teaser was released by this park on Friday for a new haunted house beneath the ice based in the Arctic Circle research facility where something seems to have gone terribly wrong, and it looks like park goers are being stalked by a Yeti-esque creature. Mm -hmm. So, we'll see. Excellent. Um, and this is So, the Death Water Bayou is at Bush Gardens, Tampa, 
and beneath the ice is at SeaWorld, which again makes a lot of sense for the location. Um, mm, which is yeah. fun. We love it. Um, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But uh, with that, this is that's, that's the, news. the news for this week. That's what the way good time. With... the news goes. It's the way the really? cookie. <laughs> Rick and, Rick and Morty reference? Why not? <laughs> I'll throw in Bruce Almighty. Uh, you, I'll take your Rick and Morty and raise you a Bruce Almighty. <laughs> I don't see no. you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Was that? No, that was like That's liar. the way the cookie crumbles? Was that... That's the way the cookie crumbles? That's not Bruce Almighty. That's just yeah, it is. life. That's just how the cookie crumbles. That's okay. Well, that totally existed before Bruce Almighty. I'm sure, but it was a joke from Bruce Almighty. Fine, whatever. Let's just go to break. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Yeah. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to tell you about our new partnership with Scribble Script Studio. Scribble Script is an independently owned small business specializing in custom lettering designs. The artist behind it, Emma, is located in the Orlando area, and frequently she can be found visiting the parks for inspiration. Some of my favorite stickers are her Happily Ever After Dumbo sticker and her Tower of Terror suitcase. So check her out on Instagram. Make sure you let her know that Q2Q sent you. And if you're looking for some fun stickers to put on your laptop or your favorite water bottle, make sure you check out her Etsy shop at Scribble Script Studio and use the code Q spelled just like the podcast at checkout for 15% off your order today. That's code Q Q U E U E spelled just like the podcast for 15% off your order at Scribble Script Studios. And we're back. We're back. <laughs> back. Yay. Fun times were had by all. What a great ad. It really is, you know, it's just absolutely stunning and beautiful, and the older it gets, the more fine it becomes. We love it. The more we use it, the better it is. And the more it's I like a fine it. wine. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Shay, you got in on the bit Yay. today. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome. So, like I mentioned before the ad break, we're going to be talking about the newest Pixar movie, which is Luca. Luca. So, what do we think? Just right off the bat, before we get too deep into it. Uh, I enjoyed it. Is yeah, that it, Ben? It was... You just enjoyed it? Yeah, that was my, that was my quick Oh, okay, my okay. Quick thought about it. Got it. Shay? It was fun. It was positive. It was gay. It was so gay. <laughs> how gay it was. It, it was, yes. It, it was, was great. The, the energy was quite queer, in my personal queer opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I... I loved it um, in a, I was talking about it with Mike because we watched it together. I didn't have to try to make something more of it. Mm. You know, like, like I joked with the, my friends today because we were talking about it at work. We were like, it ain't that deep. <laughs> it's just, it's just some pals hanging out, eating pasta, racing bikes. What a good time. Mm-hmm. What a great time. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert, everybody. Um, if you couldn't tell by the title, we will. this episode will contain spoilers for Luca. And if you have not watched it, first of all, go watch it. Second of all, um, spoilers ahead. So if you haven't, you've been warned. Okay. Um, so we liked it. What what parts of it did you like, Shay? What, what did you love? What, what did um... you not so love? Let's get into oh, it. Oh, um, what did I love? I I did, I think like you said, I like the simplicity of it. It's, you know, two boys who are bright and rainbow underneath the skin uh, launch off into a, a world that would be unaccepting of their bright, colorful <laughs> underneath skinness um, and then reveal themselves to be bright and colorful. And then suddenly uh, other people reveal themselves to be bright and colorful, including uh, immediately two women. Um, I don't know why I'm bringing all this up, but uh, I think my favorite part of the whole movie was the relationship between uh, Alberto and um, the the father. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't recall his name. Massimo. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that moment where they say, you know, Alberto has gone away and he just like, stands up and leaves he's like somebody's gotta go look for him it's like oh dude (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah i I enjoyed that as well yep and then his his 
sort of moderate transformation at the end, which I, I was only I was mildly surprised by, but very happy to see where he just decides, no, nah, you know what? I know this kid is a good kid, and we're not gonna hurt him just because he's a sea monster. Um, so yeah, that was my favorite part. Um, yeah, the acceptance. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. What didn't I? I think I think that one of the reasons it's so good is that there's really nothing about it I didn't mm-hmm. like. It was a great, serviceable movie. It didn't blow me away, but it would. I, I don't know. Uh, I couldn't tell you John Ratzenberger was in it. I, um, I confirmed he was not. He was not. Well, I don't like it. <laughs> Screw it. Ooh. No one needs it. Just kidding. It's a very good movie. Ben, what was what was your your little? I, I know you I, just I, finished honest, it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I need to go back and dissect it a little more. But listening to Shay, I'm pre- I think you just kind of hit the nail on the head. But <laughs> I was gonna say, and I don't mean to be like, oh well, I can't come up with my own opinions, but like. Yeah, I, I liked that. Uh, I don't want to say it was a little predictable, but I mean, it, it was just, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. I wasn't blown away by it, but no, I I, I think it had some good themes. And I, I did think it was really funny when they were just like, we're going to send you away to live with your crazy uncle. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, there oh, it yeah. is. There it is. <laughs> Forgot about the crazy uncle. You're not normal. You have to be sent away. So, yeah. ah, there it is. And and I really liked Julia, and maybe it's just because she reminds me a little bit of me. Oh, I could see that. Yeah. Um, and like I've always, I, whenever people like ask me who my favorite like Disney characters are or Pixar characters, I I've always resorted to Ellie, um, mm-hmm. because she's a freaking weirdo and loud and fun, and I think Julia is similar, uh, like this headstrong, determined person, and that was a hundred percent me when I was little. So um, I really loved Julia and, and the dynamic between the three was, was interesting. And it was such yeah. just like relatable dynamic too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of like finding these new friends or like making one new friend and you had this, this relationship with someone for so long and then you find a new person and, and maybe your life fits more with with the interests of that person so you become like minorly not obsessed but like minorly more interested in that person and then the other one gets gets upset and and you and you cause tension between it you know Mm -hmm. i've seen it happen in other people's lives i've seen it happen in my life so many times so that 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 relationship i really liked that um i I thought it was a, a genuine true example of of being what are they 11 12 13 i don't remember how old mm. they are mm-hmm. um that that preteen age i think it was just a, a beautiful genuine representation of that age you know mm-hmm. so that that's that's the general general thoughts i guess let's let's talk about some more silly things or standout moments shall we um the first question i want to answer is how did luca go from not being able to walk at all on the land to being a pro bike racer well he had like what two or three weeks to practice that's all you need two or three okay so shay (laughs) uh yeah starting now Uh you're gonna you're gonna get a bike Uh i own a bike oh good step one accomplished okay um you're gonna go for a bike ride okay i do that a lot uh but a long one down a hill in italy so like ah, step two, oh, okay. move to Italy. Yeah. All right. Uh, I can do that. Yeah, we just um yeah, you know, uh okay, step two. I booked my ticket. Okay, what's step three? Okay, now ride your bike down a hill in Italy every day for, th- for three weeks. Italy, three weeks. Uh-huh. As fast okay. as you can, as fast okay. as you can. And yeah. then you're gonna you're gonna submit yourself into a triathlon. Uh-huh. But the middle part of the triathlon involves you oh. eating pasta, not pa- running. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think it's you, you're gonna be winning? You're winning. Um, can I also become a sea monster? Uh yeah, sure. Okay, great. Thanks you. Uh then yes, I will win. I'm okay. quite confident. It's Never the mind. sea monster Believable. thing that's gonna put me over. <laughs> what if uh, you have to be in one of those like creepy like twenty thousand leagues under the sea mining like sea mining outfits? The little scuba oh, outfits? What is like that? The, what happens? The big daddy. Uh <laughs> you just um, become a big daddy along the way. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, and now you instead of swimming in the ocean, you have to walk across the bottom of it so you don't get wet. Oh, that's right. He yeah, he, he walked. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even swim. <laughs> uh, you know, what? know, it feels like cheating. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure, but you're gonna have to provide me with uh the the the, the dive suit. Okay. Because I spent all my money on the plane ticket. <laughs> okay, so um, now that we've talked this out, it seems believable to me. Yep. <laughs> nope. Yep. Right. Um, cool. We we love okay. it. So he won the yeah. race. We're did we're good. Um, so I wanted to talk about we we talked about earlier in the in the news part of this about um, representation and visibility, right? And let's talk about Massimo just being born without an arm like there was no like you went into this storyline of him not having an arm thinking it was going to be like oh the reason he hates sea monsters so much is because he probably got his arm taken off in a fishing accident Mm. or a sea monster bit his arm off or whatever and then when they talk about it it's revealed that he just was born without an arm i know that's Mm -hmm. so interesting yeah, I, I thought that was wonderful and, and poetic for the reasons that you're you're saying that it's just um again he is different, right? He is not a person you would assume who would be a fisherman because he only has one working arm through no fault of his own, but he went and he did it. And I don't know if did they talk about if it was his father who, you know, he like inherited the business from him or something, but um and I think that that's part of the reason why he does side with the sea monsters at the end he's like they didn't choose to be sea monsters and look at what they're doing i didn't choose to be a one-armed man and look how i'm doing Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. that makes sense i yeah i just that was like like you said earlier ben like you thought it was a little bit predictable but that one threw me off that one did yeah you know it was it was good because you were set to believe it and then it just it wasn't um right talk and speaking of predictable the the end moment of how are you just okay with sea monsters like (laughs) you you mentioned shay that it's a it's a very nice moral right Um, and i think that's the whole point of it it's not about it's not about them being sea monsters it okay really cat no you just stop playing with that (laughs) brief detour of ben yelling at miko so i'm recording Nico, Nico, how can you just interrupt our Zoom call like this? Nico, <laughs> I swear, if you, someday you'll grow up and listen to this podcast and you'll hear me yelling at you every other episode. <laughs> We're talking about the cat. If you're new to this podcast, Ben's cat's name is Nico and she is a mischievous little nugget. <laughs> a mischievous nugget. Nugget is my favorite word to describe small people. I said like a small person, but like. <laughs> um, is that how you're going to have to like introduce yourself from now on? Hello, my name is Becca and I'm a nugget. Well, Mike already calls me Bean and sometimes he calls me Frijolita, like little bean. Oh, it's very, very dumb and cute. Anyway, Ben, you were saying about the moral of. of yeah, Luca. I mean, it's. um, It's a metaphor. Honestly. Right. That's what we're talking about here. And so he knows these people as, you know, human boys, but he finds out that they're sea monsters. And, and Shay said it already. He's like, I know them. They're not, they're not evil. They're, you know, they're, it's Luca and Alberto. So it's just kind of like, you know, I, I know them as they are. And just because they're something different than me doesn't mean that I don't, so- you know, have this relationship with them anymore. But my question is, is like the whole town is just like, oh yeah, this thing that we've been hunting for years, there's a statue of it in the center of town. <laughs> was mm-hmm. they, Oh, there's two of them right here and they're cute young boys. That's fine. Well, I mean, uh, standing around them was a whole town with harpoons in hand. Like they were ready to kill them, but right. it, it was the one person who stepped up to protect them. And, I, you know, had to show them that look this these are people that i know and they're not like they're yes they're sea monsters you know like it's wreck it ralph just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy (laughs) 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 but i don't know it's just like one person kind of taking a stand and being like hey just knock it off i suppose that's true yeah 
it wasn't for lack of trying. And of course, you know, there was still the one guy that kept trying to kill them until they broke his harpoon. Ercole. Yeah. <laughs> what a butt. Oh, what a butt. Yeah, I forgot about that guy. It's because he sucks. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> he uh he has like no redeeming qualities at all. And that's nope. that was kind of a thing I was bummed about. Is like I wanted a backstory for him. Like like well again, it's it's just it's the simplicity of the movie. They didn't why would they give him a backstory? You know, he's just he's just a meanie. He's, he's a rich bully. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I did not like him. Do do you guys know anybody like him? Like when you were growing up, did you ever meet someone like that? I mean, not really. Like, yeah, no one who is that extreme. It's just like this caricature of of a of a butthead, of like. <laughs> entitled little brat yes and like come on okay at the beginning of the thing when it's when they're so this the race is like a promotional thing right for like to sell more pasta obviously Mm -hmm. but like the lady who's running the contest is like aren't you a little old to be racing and he's like no and it's like she could have just not let him race (laughs) and like i know that would have taken away the conflict of the movie like that was the whole point but like she could have just not let him. He's 16, 17. How old is he? Something like that. And the yeah, race is obviously like for like children. Mm-hmm. But also, like, it's what like a you cool. Said you were 16 last year. Because, oh, but this year it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So, Ben, you do exercise sometimes. Um, I, have, I have been known to on occasion. Could, do you think that you could? swim a bunch and then eat a bowl of pasta and then just ride a bike for a long time no i mean <laughs> i would probably be like julia and hurl a bunch this is what they said in the beginning of the movie she couldn't do it by herself because <laughs> she couldn't stop throwing up <laughs> also like first of all bad idea all around but it was very weird to me that like they allowed legs of the the brace like, yeah. why could there be individual racers and then also people who are doing like the legs? So, like, like Luca, it, it like he it was originally supposed to be Julia, Alberto, and 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 Luca, and they were all gonna do a different leg of the race, and then like they pulled out of the race, and Luca's like, oh, I'm gonna just do all three of them by, by myself, and I was like, what an unfair situation, <laughs> like. How how is there not just two different races for mm. that situation? I mean, like obviously it's because it's a movie, but like <laughs> it just it doesn't make any sense to me, you know? That wouldn't that wouldn't they would be like two different divisions of race of like the team race and the like the relay versus the single. So. Mm. It is what it is. Anyway, I just wanted to eat pasta after this movie. That's true. I could maybe I'll, some pasta. Ooh, maybe I'll make pasta after we record. Mm, so plan. the conclusion is very fun movie, but it ain't yeah. that deep. So there's not much to unpack. But you yeah, know what there is to unpack? To what is there to unpack? Some Easter eggs. Oh man, I love Easter eggs. So uh there was I saw like a few different like watch mojo-esque videos about like a bunch of Easter eggs that you could find in Pixar. But like some of them are like way too deep cuts. And I was like, mm, no. So we're gonna talk about the major <laughs> ones. The first one being, as can be seen in I believe every single Pixar movie, is the Luxo Ball. Yay. Um, so the Luxo Ball can be seen on the rooftop on the right-hand side when Luca is overtaking other races in the cup it's a very blink and you miss it easter egg Mm. like i tried to watch it at full speed and i was like are you sure (laughs) are are you sure it's there but yeah genuinely there right on the rooftop um the next pixar movie staple was a113 this one was pretty pretty in your face did you guys catch it in the moment no uh yeah i did I just I never look for the Easter eggs the first time around. So even if they slap me in the face, I don't see them. Yeah. So the A113 is located on the train ticket that Alberto gives gives to Luca at, at the end when he's when he's leaving to go to school. Oh, let's talk about that for a second. That's such a sweet little moment when Luca gets to go to school and his parents are just like, okay with it. That's so cute. Mm-hmm. But like, 
Okay, so we just like revealed that sea monsters exist to the small little town on the coast of Italy. But like, what about them city Italians? Well, obviously that's going to be the sequel. Tuca. Mm, <laughs> no. <Tuka>. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. That's like my friend, uh, my neighbor, um, his cat is named Midna. And he says, if he ever oh. has to replace Midna, he's going to get another cat named Midna too. And he's going to call her Tuna. <laughs> the joke is that Midna always lives there. <laughs> so, Tuka. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> it's Tuka too. Uh, no, you're right, though. That, that will be interesting because I don't know how he's going to stay dry. But, you know, I'll be honest with you. I would watch a sequel to this. I yeah. think that would that would be a very interesting conflict to see a sea monster in the city. Um, and, you know, it, the, it would be a good plot of, like, probably be his parents and Alberto coming to visit him in the city or something like that. Um, and, and they'll yeah. finally get to ride a real Vespa. <laughs> oh, the Vespa thing. That was the funniest thing is like the whole motivation of this movie is get Vespa tour countryside. <laughs> that's yeah. it. That's all it that's all they want. I mean, I think that would be a I, I would use that as a I mean that is, let's be honest. That's exactly what I want to do with my life. I want to just get a Vespa and drive around the American countryside, please. So everybody, uh, subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash QDQ <laughs> so that Shay can get a Vespa and uh, travel the country. Um <laughs> Maybe we'll the make US's it an ex- first Vespa gang. Let's an exclusive Patreon series of Shay and his travels. <laughs> Let's just make one. It can Patreon only happen. Enough money to it buy Shay Vespa. It can only happen if you pay for it. That's a promise. Anyway, uh, the Pizza Planet truck. Pizza Planet truck was a little bit tricky because it was actually remodeled to fit the era. So it was a, a Piaggio Ape. Great question on pronunciation. Uh, it's like the three-legged, like or the three-wheeled delivery vehicle that actually manufactures Vespas, um, mm. which is kind of kind of wild. Um, and it can be seen in the final stretch of the race after it has begun to rain, and it's recognized by the little spaceship on top. Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. We love it. Um, and as mentioned earlier, there is no John Ratzenberger in this movie. That's very which- sad to me. It's one of the better, the, the best staples of a good Pixar movie. Um, fun fact, there's a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea poster. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's it's not the only poster for vintage films uh, about sea monsters either, because, of course, 20,000 Leagues is about, like, a giant squid, which could be classified as a sea monster. But there's mm-hmm. also a poster for a taco de monstro mar- marino, and it's on display in that same square. Um but yeah, that 1954 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea uh, film poster is in the square. There's a bunch of vintage film posters in this, in this, mm. and, and you could probably do a whole video about like unpacking the references in, in those on their own, which is, which is cool. <laughs> I like it. Um, I, I was seeing a little bit of, of background about like this movie poster is in here because it was inspired by... Uh, Casa Rosso, Rosa, is that the director's name? Oh, I don't remember. He like a bunch of those films that are in the movie were like he was inspired by to make this the setting. Um, And of course, the classic Pinocchio (laughs) is is referenced in. There's a book in Julia's room, and then of course in Luca's little dream sequence, there's a there's a Pinocchio reference. If you if you missed it, it has the um. What's his name? The fox and the cat? Are they fox and cat? Yes? Oh, oh, uh, no. One of them is called, like, Figaro. The cat is called Figaro. Oh, no, no, no. The, the, the bad guys in Pleasure Island. Oh, oh. oh I don't I know what their probably. names are, but they are a fox and a cat, I believe. Okay. Um, but yeah, they, uh, they exist in this little dream <laughs> sequence and that's i thought it was cool because it like changed the animation style in the middle of the movie in all of luca's little dream sequences those mm-hmm. were cute um and finally for easter eggs that were quite obvious of what they were we have a good old-fashioned vintage donald duck doll in julia's room Classic. he's very yeah. cute 
Um, he's on the floor at the foot of the bed. Now, of course, we can't talk about a Pixar movie without diving straight into the Pixar theory. Ah, uh-huh, diving like sea monsters. Haha, <laughs> Ben, good with the jokes. Knee slapper. So he good. has been slapped. Let's go. <laughs> so good at the jokes. Okay, so if you're new to no the Pixar theory, um, <laughs> Ben, you can't just drop references that literally only I will get. <laughs> So fun fact, at Funtown Splashdown <laughs> this weekend, um, we were desperately looking for a train because if you're an avid Q2Q follower, you know that if there's a train at a theme park, we have to ride it. You have to do it. And unfortunately, at Funtown Splashdown, there are, there's only a kiddie train. There's no big oh, no. trains, no trains that we could ride. So Ben, what were there? There were no trains for old men. And that's where that bad joke lands. <laughs> um, but it was very funny in the moment. Anyway, so the Pixar theory uh, is the idea that all the Pixar movies exist in the same universe on one giant timeline. And it starts with the asteroid missing Earth when the dinosaurs roamed it. And it lets us begin to see creatures, sea creatures, sea creatures gaining human-like intelligence. It shows the rise and fall of humans, machines, and animals over millions of years, ending with Monsters, Inc. So once again, it starts with the good dinosaur ending with Monsters, Inc., or I guess Brave, depending on how you look at the Pixar theory. But uh, check out our full episode on that. Ben and I did it probably about a year ago at this point. Um, If you're unfamiliar with this, or you could head over to the Super Carlin Brothers YouTube channel who do a fantastic job with the Pixar theory. And a lot of what we're about to say is inspired by that. And by what we're about to say, I mean me. (laughs) Um, So as we know, and it's also been confirmed this movie takes place in the the 1950s early 1960s probably around the same time as the incredibles um just oh. you know in italy right so if, if they all exist on the same timeline it's established that the incredibles take place in the 1960s and if luca takes place between the late 50, 1950s early 60s of course it is around the same time and in, in this theory, it's posed that perhaps that is why the townspeople are immediately accepting of the sea monsters because they are already used to people being special and having special mm. abilities. So that's a, something that's posed there. Um, and, and one of the things that is posed in this is going back to the idea of like, how do animals get smart and how do humans and, and monsters get smart? But in a, a question that's raised is why are the fish in Luca that Luca is hurting, not smart. So if this is truly fitting in with the Pixar theory, we know that in Finding Nemo, those fish are all smart. We know that most animals like in Ratatouille or A Bug's Life, those animals are smart. So why wouldn't the fish in Luca be smart? Any thoughts? Anyone? Bueller? No? Okay. (laughs) So the idea is that domesticated animals have never been smart, except the updogs who are kind of, you know, they're smart because they're trained, not because they are going to be smart, you know? Um, So canonically in this Pixar theory, it deals with the idea that memories are energies to life. So for example, um, cars came to life because they possess the memories of their owners. Um, Scream energy has those, that memory and power from screams inside out has the whole little bing bong thing of once you forget completely, then it there, it goes away. And of course we know the afterlife in, in Mexican culture or in certain Mexican cultures is that once you are not remembered anymore, you cease to exist. Right. So Mm -hmm. in the way that Luca fits here is we could talk about the phrase silencio Bruno and in the Pixar theory, people are strongly thinking that Bruno is probably his dad. And I think I would agree even before I even like looked into the Pixar theory the whole time when he was saying Silencio Bruno and he was talking about his dad, I was like, his dad, he's gotta be, you know? Yeah. Like who else would Bruno be? Well, that makes sense. Like I thought that the reason he was saying like Silencio Bruno is just cause he was like so grumpy at, at his dad for either leaving or whatever happened. And we never find out what happens to his dad. Mm-mm. 
Either that um, or it's just, I know he likes to repeat phrases he's heard a lot, so maybe it's just what his mom used to say to his dad. You know, fair point, Ben. He fair hears point. one phrase about, you know, someone being stupid and they use it the entire movie. <laughs> so That's true. Um, so a fun little connection to Cars 2, which I know we don't like to talk about because Cars 2 is real bad. What what Cars movie? But hear me out. Uh, the the forgotten one. Ah, yes. Um, but hear me out. There's a car in Cars 2 named Bruno Motoro. He is a French car, but his favorite movie is The Engine of Dr. Motoro, which is a, a carified version of the island of Dr. Moreau, which is about a man who created humans and animal hybrids, which the sea monster is one thoughts thoughts coincidence coincidence not um and he in let's talk about like how sign as in like the sign river um which he said bruno motoro is said to be frequently located on um sign is also the the another term for a fishing net and so the idea hear me out hear me out everybody i know it's ludicrous the idea is that alberto's mom was a sea monster but Bruno, his dad, was not. So they fell in love and had Alberto, but mom died, perhaps by a fisherman killing the sea monster. Hmm. Then Bruno had to raise Alberto above the water, which is why Alberto never lives underwater. Because think about it. Why have Alberto and Luca never met if Luca seems to know everybody that's near the shore and under, under the water? That is a fair point. If has So has Alberto ever been underwater? Other than like, casually because it seems like alberto's never lived underwater he's only ever lived above land you know what i mean he's -hmm. like too established on the earth so anyway basically this is establishing canonically in the pixar theory that monsters and humans are actually genetically similar enough to reproduce which enforces that idea that monsters evolved into humans um interesting right and we know from monsters university that there are monsters who always live underwater so and 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 counterpoint back to the superhero thing what if monsters sea monsters are just supers or at least like the first one was that just had this power to be underwater and to shapeshift or become a a type of sea monster because like and we've talked about it in monsters inc that the earliest sea monster may have been a banished sea monster for example loch ness which is said by mike that there was the abominable snowman was banished lock the loch ness monster was banished so maybe they were all just banished to one area and then reproduced together to become this little commune of sea monsters Hmm. who knows who knows we don't know no one ever knows and that's that's where luca is looking to fit smack dab in the Pixar theory. It's kind of the more evidence to monsters and humans, like monsters evolving from humans, you know? That could make sense. But who also, knows? Also, we skipped this little uh, seven bit here. I'm interested to hear about that. Huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, no, I think we gotta you, have to go to You that. put it in, we gotta. God, yeah. I skipped I just, a lot of stuff in this explanation. I, just, I felt I like I was talking too much. Okay, so ever notice in cars there's no in cars there is no animal in cars ever they have carified animals like there's bugs and there's butterflies and they have carified animals but there's no animals you know what there are though crabs crabs Mm. you know what crabs thrive in dirty water Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like in finding dory and finding nemo oh yeah you know what sea monsters domesticate Crabs. Crabs. They crabs. So uh it's the the the, basically the way the Pixar theory is presenting crabs. I said crabs are magic, but um basically it's just like evidence of the um like the only constant through all of this is like crabs' innate ability to survive in (laughs) and thrive in different environments. And that's it. There's I just I wrote it down because I maybe thought i wanted to talk about it and then i didn't and then ben forced me to anyway so crabs crabs are magic um, yeah. crabs are magic so that's that's the pixar theory connection again we said it when we when we did the pixar theory the first time do i fully believe it no do i think that they have a master plan to connect every single pixar movie absolutely not do i think this one 
kind of lends itself to the Pixar theory a little more than others. Yeah, I do. Just because it's, you know, humans and monsters doing their thing. Yeah. So that's that's that. Um, but Luca, it's a good, good, good flick. I think one theme that we can talk about a little bit in it is loneliness can come from anywhere. Luca's surrounded by people he loves in the ocean, but doesn't feel feel like he belongs. Right? He's he's yeah. like yearning to go out and do his little thing. Also. His parents don't ever give him an explanation of why he can't go really up to the surface. And grandma's just like, oh yeah, I won a card game last week up there. <laughs> like grandma's just like, it's fine, dude, go up. But like, Alberta was physically alone, but has been content for however long, how many tallies were on his wall? A very oh, yeah. long time. A lot. And then Julia seems like she has to go back and forth between parents and and how lonely can that be you know there was a lot of heavy stuff of like dad leaving alberto and julia living as a child of divorce or separation Mm -hmm. it was it wasn't really a like a, a main plot point but it was certainly present you know of course so because we are a theme park podcast how do we put Luca in the parks? Uh, put a sea monster on the Finding Nemo submarine voyage. <laughs> Easy. Uh, <laughs> great done. Well, so, so it's honestly, it's, it's, it's you said it as parks. a joke. Oh yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. It becomes the Pixar theory submarine voyage. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you said Shay. I'll just say that it's it's all we already have a little bit of Luca in the parks. Um, there is a photo op at Pixar Pier. Um, it's not a meet and greet or anything. It's just a just a picture. So cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, how 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 might it happen? I do I do enjoy this thought of chucking it into the submarine voyage. I feel um, like it makes sense. I mean, honestly, I think if the if it had been a larger success which I don't think it Mm -hmm. ever stood a chance of being as successful as Finding Nemo. But if for some reason it had been, I I think it actually would have made a really good replacement. You know, it's been almost 20 years since it was turned into Finding Nemo. I think it was 05 or 06 that it became Finding Nemo. So um, 15 years since then, it's time for uh, a new face. But I enjoy that. I think it would have been really nice for the seas oh yeah um because it could teach you respect for Mm -hmm. sea creatures and and cleaning up the ocean because of course like luca is you know he is the little mermaid and collecting all the the junk in the trash also that whole first scene i was like am i just watching the little mermaid right now (laughs) Mm, (laughs) yeah i kept looking for references in that scene about like where's the dingle hopper it's got to be a dingle hopper. Yes, somewhere. it's got to be a dingle hopper. Yeah, How no could there not hoppers. be? No. But there wasn't. Uh, oh, but um, hey, yeah, no. Yeah, why why not just swap out the uh the the little mermaid ride at the back of Magic Kingdom? It's a not a very popular ride and slow moving clamshell. Yeah. Well, and you know, most of the uh, backgrounds are already set. Just swap out a few of the characters. Leave Ursula in just for fun. She's, you know, <laughs> Uh, I that think is it, a great animatronic. I think so. it would make yeah. a really good the the only problem is I think you're you're gonna see so Nemo currently exists at the seas and we're putting a Moana attraction in between is it between the seas and the land? Is that what's happening? No, it's it's going where interventions used to be. Interesting. Um, so yeah. So it's like right now, imagine you walk past spaceship Earth. Um, on you walk past the bathrooms that are on your right. There used to be a big building right there that had the interventions for a long time, and mm-hmm. that's where the pool was. So in that area where the interventions spot specifically was, is where uh, Journey of Water is going to go instead. Okay, so mm-hmm. you're putting in that attraction, 
And and so I was nervous that you might have seen Moana like bleeding into the seas. Not nervous. Nervous is a bad word for it. Mm-hmm. But I I kind of could see them having like, you know, like Bruce's like shark area hmm. in the the seas. I could almost see them casually shifting that into a Luca and doing a temporary thing, keeping all the props from Nemo just in case Luca doesn't go over well and it's not very popular. You know? Yeah. Because I know. I, I think that would be a, a good fit. Where else could you, like, what weird place could you put Luca instead of, like, thinking just the ocean and, and whatever? Could you put Luca in the Italy pavilion? Oh. I mean, I think it, it would do great there. I know when I was thinking about, you know, full, given a full budget and carte blanche from Bob Chapek, I would build a, believe it or not, a family coaster for luca okay tell us more yeah so you know similar similar thrill as um hagrid and it would just be this year's triathlon and you would be a competitor in the triathlon oh Um, so like the bike part of the triathlon oh no the whole thing so you'd start in you'd start swimming quote unquote out into the into the water you turn around at the back, you come come back in, and then that'd be, that would be where you would meet the sea monsters in that section, and they'd be cheering you on because, of course, they're they're a part of it now too. Because this is this is not the triathlon that takes place in the movie. This is a triathlon that takes place, you know, maybe a year later or something. Um, okay. And and then you do that, and you come back around to the shore, and then there's you know a, a cute little slow moving room where you're just you smell pasta and you see people eating pasta and that infers that you are eating pasta. And then you go up something like a lift hill to the top of the hill and you get to the top, you turn around and you have just a crazy finale going back down uh, the hill. And of course you, you win. And if they want to double their capacity, they can do like they do in uh, radiator Springs racers where you kind of go through solo, but then at the very end you have an actual race with another car. That would be cool. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that's how I would do it, and it would be in the Italy Pavilion because that's where that's the makes the most sense to to put it in there, focusing more yeah. on the Italy side than the the water side. I um, actually like that a lot better because then you don't have to not that you don't have to disturb the others, but like it's not directly sea monster themed. Because I mean, they spend like the trailer and and every promo led you to believe that the ocean and the water were going to be like a huge part of this, and it really isn't. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, they actually spend most of their time trying to avoid the water. Right. So, no, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, you know, 3D dark ride elements into the roller coaster. That's a that's a great idea. Someone just throws pasta at you. <laughs> Cheap 3D tricks. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, just like a pasta, like like a fog curtain, and there's just projecting pasta falling onto it. And you have to go through the pasta fog curtain. Mm-hmm. What if it was just yeah. like a car wash? <laughs> yes <please. laughs> how, how how much has everybody in the world wanted a dark ride to just be a car wash just put on your swimming suit and be pushed through a car wash i want like, it so this let's do it right yeah. now the luca roller coaster is just a car, car wash, wash and also <laughs> a bike race with pasta i'm sold let's do it third gate do it here's third. your money <laughs> build it so Anything else? Do we have any other ideas of where we could put Luca or do we think we just want to leave it there with I that beautiful that is, ride? I don't think it's going to get any better than that. I think if anything, we just workshop that ride more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, maybe some next time on some bonus Patreon. Um, but be with that, I loved Luca. I thought it was fun. I didn't have to think about it too hard. I just could enjoy it. Shay, I think you mentioned like a popcorn movie earlier. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, you know, you uh, you just want to pop popcorn, watch the movie, and it's not going to make you think too hard, and you're going to feel good about yourself coming out, and yeah. uh, it's nice. I'll give it a solid thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um. and now this spawned a conversation today of, like, where are you ranking it on, like, a scale of Pixar movie, and I said, because lo- half the room hadn't seen it yet, and mm. so, like, without giving spoilers, I said, a solid mid-tier Pixar movie of like I don't think it's going to make my top 10 
But right. I think it's definitely going to be a like, huh, what if we watch Luca tonight? Kind of movie. Thoughts? Yeah, I would. Um, I agree. I would probably not put it in my top 10, but I would definitely be down to rewatch it. Right. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it high up. I'm not even sure if I'd put it mid tier. Okay. I think I'd put it toward the bottom, but again, not because it's a bad movie. It's just, it didn't really try to do anything new or unexpected, which is one of the things I really love about Pixar movies is how they will often innovate both technically, and yes, the, the water was beautiful and, and the skin texturing was great, but they'll innovate with narratively too in in interesting ways and you know i i mean i'm also one of those weird people who genuinely like the the good dinosaur because it did try to do some some weird things technically and and narratively um and luca was just kind of good enough <laughs> yeah yeah so i i would put it towards the bottom it's better in cars too <laughs> but what is sure. it Monsters um, University. <laughs> really? Well, huh, well, that has to be a whole episode. We're gonna have to debate this someday. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. Which which sequel is worse? <laughs> not even which sequel is worse. Just tier list ranking ranking Pixar. Oh, maybe man. maybe oh, we could like boy. stream that one day and get some heavy debating going on. Because um, oh, okay. oh, do I know I d- disagree with some of you? Um, <laughs> So that's Luca. That's our 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 mild takes on Luca, I guess, because yeah. loved it. No stakes. The movie had no stakes. It was exactly. great. Yeah, it was yeah. lovely. And and like Shay, you mentioned, like it didn't try to do anything, but I think that's why I liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, th- and that's just it. Is that because it didn't try to do anything and had very low risk of failure, and so I think that's why it just it just worked. Yeah. For, yeah. For better or worse, it was. It was it was, it was a, nice. a, a fun movie. So, I enjoyed yeah. myself. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the the QTQ podcast. Uh, if you like us, make sure you go subscribe and give us a rate and review over at Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps. And follow us on our social media. We have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And as well as our new merch is out for our Drink Up Me Hearties Yo shirt and possibly some other accessories coming soon and finally we have mentioned it earlier already to get uh make sure we have to fund shay's vespa tour (laughs) and uh subscribe over at patreon.com slash q to q so we can Mm. get him rolling please yeah absolutely and i I don't know if we mentioned this as the month of june came to a close but our uh let the kids be gay videopolis shirt is going to continue donating half its proceeds to the Trevor right, Project. Ben. So, you know, in the spirit, we've already said that Luca's a pretty gay movie. Um, <laughs> in the best way possible. Absolutely. In the best way. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, keep it in that spirit. We're going to keep doing that because it's the right thing to do. So I agree, Ben. If you're still interested, that shirt is going to remain up for sale. Um, we already mentioned Patreon, so we're, I think we're good to go. Amazing. Well, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.